Hello. Hey. Hi. Hello, and welcome and to welcome to the thoughts. I'm Ty Otherton, and I'm Kira Sweeney, and we're two former theater kids now turned forever theater adults. Whether we like it or not, we're talking about all things theater, education, and the performing arts. So let's get into some theater, theater thoughts. Okay, I have to talk to you about something. I kind of already brought it up to you today, but I just need you to recognize. I am not a FOMO person. I really am not. However, I started school a week later than you. Yes. In in equality to a fall break, which Mm -hmm. back in August, having an extra week, I was like, this is amazing. I love this. But now that we are at the fall break time, I'm like, you know what? Wish I could have had that. Really yeah. needed her. So um, how is the beginning of your fall break? Um, It's been super nice. I've just been chilling, um, working on some like choreography stuff, shopping for my Halloween costumes. Iconic. Because I hadn't had time to do that yet. Um. I'll probably do some more choreography before I leave for Missouri on Wednesday night. Um, But I am hopefully going to do lots of reading and like lots of family time while I'm. Yeah. Is it just a chill vacation? There's, is there not, is there a specific event happening? Um, Well, Delaney's going to uh, Mizzou's homecoming. So she'll be gone. She'll be in uh, Columbia with her friends at Mizzou for the weekend. Um, but the rest of us are just hanging at my cousin's house. Uh, we're going to go apple picking. Um, I got a text Ball. from my mom today that we might, the kids might um, play hooky from school one day and we might go to Six Flags. And I was like, okay. oh, I'm down. I am 12 years old again. I am, and I yeah, down. I literally was like, I am so down. As long as it's not like horror nights or whatever those things are, I, as long as it's Mm -hmm. not like that, as long as it's just like a fun day in the theme park, I'm there. I feel like during the day, they don't do like the horror stuff. Well, also if you're going with like an eight and like a 10 year old, I don't know how down for that they'd also be. I feel like if anything, it's just like a little like boo and then that's it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would love to be on the other end. But like to be, be a scarer. The, I would be a I would love being a scarer, but I would hate to be scared. Do you know what I mean? And I yeah, know that I was, you have a past as a scarer. Yeah, it's it's fun. Honestly, the, the is, like though is it's kind of scary because you're like <laughs> you don't know what the reaction is. Like I've had grown men like try to like take a swing like at almost sweet and I'm like, sir, you knew what you were expecting. But I've also had grown men that like grab my favorite thing was grown men grabbing their girlfriends as like the scared one i don't know why because that's this like gender stereotype yeah like they're (laughs) like no we're not doing this i feel like i would be like so bad at being a scarer because someone would get really scared and i would just start laughing i feel like (laughs) i would just like be like oh my god i'm so sorry or like they would like scream a terror and then i would just start laughing because i wouldn't know what else to do i'd be like i'm so sorry that was me my bad I think the funniest part is usually there's like one or two people in like a specific room, like as a yeah. like when I did it, I was a zombie every single year, and there was like a girl that was like 
she was she had a bunch of scar like she had just been bitten by said zombies and what's so great is that when people leave and then there's not anyone coming for a while because you hear you get used to the screams of the people that are like near the, you the sounds of the people that are in like rooms before you like yeah so when this guy like growls you know like oh, okay someone's coming they're on so their way people yeah. leave and then you're just like sitting there and you're like anyway what are you watching on netflix and she's just, like <laughs> they're bloody and it's like oh my god i just saw this new like you just have normal conversations with each other while yeah. waiting how for many people to come. how many theater people did you work with at said haunted house like oh it was pretty is the, is was, the pipeline like like pretty real yeah it's like oh i i think it's always because i did it in high school i was in high yeah. school and i did it and so there were quite a few high school people that did it too. And I think you have the high school people and the people running it are like, they did it in high school and they were like, no, I'm going to make this my like full-time job right now, which I don't think it's that, but they're kind of like, they're kind of weirdos. The people that are running it, like, you're kind of like, I oh. wouldn't expect anything yeah. less. You literally Absolutely. run a haunted house. Like, right. Do you remember the one we went, the haunted like forest we went to last year? And it was literally yeah. just like all of the theater kids that we knew and they would like jump yeah. out and you'd be like, oh my God, hey Carter. Like, <laughs> Honestly, that was to their demise because it wasn't, it, they were trying their best to be scary. And also we weren't going to let it happen because we were like, I know you. I literally uh. know you. <laughs> And then we had our friend's mom at the beginning. So you just like started out and you're like, hey, Heather, like, love your spirit, girl. Like, keep scaring. Uh, honestly, no, that was such a good memory. Like, literally so glitchy, but like in the absolute best way. So well, funny. and here's the deal. It, there were scary moments to it where I was like, yes, work. Get your acting life. Yeah. I think anything like... um deli like pork butcher kind of anytime that happens I'm always spooked by that I'm always yeah. spooked. no I'm like, no, no thank you no thank you I don't like any of it but at least we were outside yeah the outside anytime great, I'm said... forced inside oh absolutely not okay so can I can I ask you a question okay yeah. so you have told me off audio through the podcast so I'm now documenting it that okay. you have said that if you were to do a haunted house of some sort a haunted corn maze is the way to go yes I have successfully made it through the experiences where I've been outside like I've done a haunted corn maze and I've done like the haunted forest thing or whatever but when I was in high school and my friends tried to get me to go to a haunted house like inside inside yeah I was fine. I was in the line. I was chilling. I did the waiver. I paid everything. The second they opened the double doors and I saw that you, you had said. to crawl into like a tiny mm -hmm. little yep. like box sized hole. I said, absolutely not. I knocked on the opening doors and like the and scary guy like opened them and I was like, thank you so much. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm going. To and then I waited with my friend's mom by the exit where you get like chased outside with a chainsaw always. With, yeah yeah was so, that do you remember the name that sounds like one I went to when it was I the was mausoleum like, oh work there was one in Highlands Ranch called 25th hour or something like that it was like in an old basic here's the deal back in the day there would be you know, like when like a 
uh, Marshall's closes down or something like that, it's either a spirit Halloween or it's a makeshift haunted house. And there was like one that was there one year that was in like an old Kmart. And I was like, okay, use it, property. Okay, but if we're outside, could you like get, there's some where you have to like get onto a bus and like walk through and then you jump out the back. So like you walk down the hallway of like a school bus and then you hop out. Could you do that? Where is that? I hate that. (laughs) Yeah, there's one where like there's a bus on the trail in the corn maze and you get on like you got getting on the bus and then you have to walk through the bus and jump out the back. Is there people in the bus? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're like sitting in the seats or they hide behind the seats and then they ah, I would literally run <laughs> I would like and then just, just like, like that swan dive dive out. <laughs> do like a roll a barrel roll <laughs> onto the dirt <laughs> I go into like action star mode for like <laughs> five seconds I do love the people that speed through they're like we are going through this haunted house let's go five six yeah. seven eight and they're like the sooner power we get through. through yeah i always like, like to get that adrenaline yeah when get you hear adrenaline. the chainsaw you know I'm, the I'm, end is near i'm near so the I would end feel like sweet relief i'd be like okay <laughs> give me the chainsaw chase me chase me please <laughs> um speaking of chase this weekend i chased you we hadn't seen each other in a while and so we went and saw a show um yes. we rushed dinner Dinner was five, six, seven, eight. Speaking of Russell. Shout out, shout out to Will. I don't know. He probably will never listen to this podcast, but that poor boy. Oh my God. I just felt so bad. All so the we wanted we was to, like. They just oversat him. They sat yeah. probably like five or six tables of a busy night where he already had probably five or six at the same time. So you could tell he was sweating. Yeah, I felt so bad for him. And like, I overheard him talking to another table that was just like, I mean, it's fine. But like, I hate giving bad service. And I was like, Oh, my heart. Like, I know you're trying your best. Like, keep doing that. So yeah, I mean, yeah. we had to like, we I mean, our drinks came out pretty quickly. So that was nice. We were just like chatting and and then we kept beverages, looking at the clock this, and we're like, all right. Yeah, we kept being like, okay, so anytime. We now. had maybe like seven, eight minutes before we had to yeah. leave when our food came out. And we just said, yeah. scarf that shit down. We said, all right, we guys, did. here you go. This is this <laughs> is the hot dog eating competition. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, <love laughs> I'm a speed guy. eater in this moment. Um, And then we went to see a production of All Shook Up. What did you think of it? I really enjoyed it. I I think, I mean, I'm a sucker for a jukebox musical. Um, most jukebox musicals that I've seen, I really like. Yeah. Um, I think there's like, you know, so much in in the in the familiarity, the bleh, sorry, I can't talk for a second. In the familiarity um yeah. of being like, I'm gonna know this music and I'm gonna enjoy it because I already know that I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I honestly had no idea what to expect. I was like, bye-bye birdie-ish, maybe. Yeah, like, absolutely. All I, all I knew about the show going into it was that it was the music of Elvis Presley and that it was some kind of love story. That yeah. is literally the extent of my knowledge about the show. Um, but I was so surprised by how campy and just like 
over the top the show was I was not expecting it to be that kind of show I was expecting it to be very serious like serious in terms of like you got to take this storyline like it's it's like a real storyline we're not trying to like you know make it silly or goofy and it was it was incredibly um campy and cheesy and just like made you smile that's honestly like and laugh. I think I've, I haven't laughed that hard at a show. Like I was giggling and kicking my little feet. It was so just like, just cute and silly. And yeah. I, I remember I you saying really, at the end, you were like, it's just goofy. This is so goofy. so goofy. It's so campy, so goofy. And like, honestly, that is kind of what I needed. I don't know why I haven't been feeling super creative lately. And so to like see people just having fun while performing that was so like filling for my cup in terms of like okay we're not trying to create anything like amazing or groundbreaking you just want to make it so that people are having fun Mm -hmm. because if the if the performers are having fun the audience is gonna have fun and I think was my biggest takeaway in terms of like what I needed to get out of that show personally was just seeing people having fun performing a show and in yeah. ultimately that's that's always the goal and that's 100 what it delivered to me like watching well, the cast yeah. have so much fun together so so fulfilling as a theater person well and you and i have talked multiple times on this podcast about how our our relationship with theater is not always to tell a really compelling thoughtful um deep story sometimes it's about just making people feel good whether that be the cast or whether that be audience or whether that be both and so I think that absolutely fulfilled it um despite all the odds which brings us to the topic of our conversation what did you think about it oh I I talked at length about I talked at length about what I thought I think I think it is super cute you know what I was I was kind of shocked at the um like um success of the the story right jukebox musicals have a chronic problem in that the book or the plot is really poorly um written to try to fit as many of this pop stars or this bands or this you know um groups songs in it and i thought the story was actually like the the main pile drive into what was going on that the songs you you realize that they were Shakespeare or Shakespeare you realize that they were um Elvis songs you know when Shakespeare wrote music um you realize that they were Elvis songs but there was what I'm saying with Shakespeare is I was like but there's like a Shakespearean um weave you know of of plot and song that is that I thought was really successful and I walked out of it being like why did I know this show like the show itself is really good I think it would be great for any community theater I think it would be great for any high school I think it's a really good show well and I think you really like got at the point that I remember my mom said it at like intermission she was like the show is so Shakespearean and I was like oh my god you're so right where like you have a character dressing up as a boy and all these characters falling in love with one another or thinking that they're Mm -hmm. falling in love with one another and you have like a love 
not just triangle like it was a quadratic love, formula. square high, yeah. Like, <laughs> like yeah there's so many different like characters that are connected to one another and I, like i like you said i think that was what was most successful about it um was like all of the the shakespearean plot elements that helped to tie all these characters stories together to motivate certain songs being used and yeah i thought that was really really cool and something i was not at all expecting well, and I think when you have a story that is so well done and music that is so iconic that um, the company is able to understand the nuances and you you fall in love with characters that you're acting alongside. And I think that made for what we're going to talk about today um, uh, 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 doable. And that is um, when things go wrong and actors are unable to perform who comes in and steps up. Um, mm -hmm. And that that brings us to talking about understudies, swings, um, and standby. So if you wanna get into all of that, stay tuned. We're gonna take a break and we'll be right back. I couldn't tell you. Well, okay, we're back. Welcome back. Um, talking about understudy swings and standbys. Um, what do you know as a theater professional? What do you, it's something that we don't necessarily talk about mm -hmm. um, because it's something that is put in place for um, when something goes wrong. So we don't yeah. want to necessarily think about it or put attention. So what is your experience? Or what do you know about um, understudy standbys and swings? So I know what an understudy is. I was one in middle school. Absolutely. Um, I think you've talked I about think this I trauma have talked a couple about times. It. Yeah, I have understudy <laughs> trauma. Um, <laughs> but um, so I know what an understudy is. And I know what a swing is. Like the swings are the unsung heroes of musical theater. Absolutely. And, like, they do incredible work. Um, and I... I know like a lot of swings, like, especially if you are someone in the theater community, they're like famous swings. Mm -hmm. Like there are people that I know who were, who have been swings on Broadway that like now are starting to get bigger roles and are like emerging out of the swing track, but like were really successful, really amazing swings in multiple productions. Absolutely. Um, but the standby role, I could not tell you what that is besides that Aisha Jackson was the honest standby on Broadway. That is all I know. And I don't really know what that means. I just know that that was what she was. Work. So. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm ready to break it down for you. So um, okay. most famously, people know what an understudy is, right? Yes. The formal definition of an understudy is someone that is cast um, uh, in the show for every performance, um, either like an ensemble track, or like a secondary character who then also is um, learning behind the scenes a larger role or track, right? When we say track, um, you know, take place Elsa in the musical Frozen, right? Elsa is a track. She comes in in this scene and sings this song. She leaves. She comes in and has this dialogue with this character. That's a track. You're tracking what that character is. So understudies um play an ensemble role or a secondary character um and then they follow a larger track um 
that they may have to fill in if that person um, gets sick and doesn't call, you know, and calls into the show and says, I can't be there. Um, it's usually for long periods of time um, that, um, you know, when there's multiple weekends and weeks and weekends and weekends of shows, you have someone so that way the lead is not, you know, there's not a lot of stressor for the lead to be there for all 28 performances or like Broadway 200 performances. So um, mm -hmm. this weekend we saw a lot of understudies at play, um, most mm -hmm. notably the lead role. Um, he played a secondary character who was also, you know, in the show, but that, that character was then played by an ensemble person um, mm -hmm. when he moved up to the lead role. Um, what do you think about understudies? What did you think about the understudies that we saw this weekend? Um, I mean, I think we've talked about understudies before in previous episodes in terms of like when you're doing a school production, when you are a right. theater teacher and you have to think about the understudy role and how you may or may not need one of those. Um, it is a lot of work with no reward if you're not doing more than two weekends of shows. I agree. Um, I like I like you said we ha I have understudy trauma and like we did one one weekend of performances my like normal track my ensemble role was like flatware I was a dancing right. fork and then I was learning simultaneously the bell roll in case for whatever reason learning she was all the lines perform. learning all the blocking, all the songs learning yeah. all the songs That's yeah a lot but of it's work. not like yeah and it's not like we had a specific understudy show I think if nope. that is a if that is a um, feasible thing that you can do, I think having understudies is a rewarding experience if that is the case. If you give if those there is students a show dedicated to, hey, the understudies are going to be in this production, mm -hmm. this day at this time, it's the understudies, regardless of if the leads are okay or not, it yes. is the understudies taking over. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, in terms of like professional theater. So for example, the show that we saw this past weekend, um, I think you absolutely need understudies in that role. You're doing several weekends of performances and, um, as it happens, um, maybe a lead gets COVID because that's still a thing. Right. right. Um, and is unable to perform an entire week's worth of shows, right? Not just You're the, not... the main four characters yeah. get COVID and now you have to fill in. Yeah, which is exactly the scenario that we saw this past weekend. Um, and I think we're still trying to navigate, you know, the world, the post-COVID. And um, I don't think a lot of people expected us to, especially this early in the flu and cold season, um, yeah, see this, you know, happening so much, but like, I just, uh, recovered from COVID. I was not super sick, but, um, I know a lot of other people are not as lucky, right? Um, I just had it for the first time and I know plenty of other people who are getting sick, um, in various circles that I know, like it's going yeah. around right now. And so right. like, I don't think they ever anticipated this being a, something that they were going to have to annually with. thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it is a very real possibility now yep. that like this 
especially this time of year, you may have to consider what happens if, you know, a cast member tests positive and then more than likely you're going to have other people in the cast get sick. Yep. And it, 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 you know, is something that if you're prepared for it, you can absolutely work through that. Um, but if you're not, then you, you know, have to cancel performances or you have to reschedule or you have to whatever, right? Um, but a lot of theaters are operating on like very specific schedules. And so the ability to just like Im- completely, you know, readjust their schedule and move around performances and all that stuff is just yeah, not- Yeah, doesn't happen. Yeah, so you need and to that's have what we saw with We saw that with the company that we saw all shook up. So, so when we went to all shook up, there were six understudies. Playing. Yeah, I was just about to ask, how many did yeah. we see? We saw it was like- it was six. And what is very cool um, is um, among those six, among those six, um, you had uh, someone who was the understudy of an understudy playing, you know, a specific role. Um, which I don't even know if that was probably her original track of that, you know, was learning that role. Um, but you, the thing, the big thing to think about with understudies is they are a part of the rehearsal process, either as an ensemble character or another role. Um, and so what makes understudies so successful is they know the ins and outs of the show because they've been working on it too. It's not like someone is brought in to learn the track and then um, go through. Mm-hmm. Um, that is what we call a swing. All right. Yes. And so... Um, that moves into our next version of an understudy. Which um, before is we move sweet. on, shout oh, yeah, out so, to all, shout out to all oh, the understudies. Yeah. Shout out like, to all the understudies. You're doing God's work. It was, it was amazing. And I literally thought the show was so successful. And, you know, even with all these people who probably hadn't done, you know, that as many performances in this role, I just was, I was so impressed with, yeah. with all of the work that they were and, you know, how there were zero hiccups. I felt yeah. like there were no no setbacks, no hiccups. Like no, they, I agree. They really put on a phenomenal. With the exception, production. and I am not meaning to call this individual out negatively. I just want to bring it up, and so I apologize to this individual for bringing it up. The guy that stood in for the lead. Did you? We haven't talked about this. Did you see the number of times he tripped up those stairs? It was like a <laughs> couple of times. I said, "Baby, slow down." Just walk him up, walk up him. He always caught himself. It was never like, but the yeah. audience always was just like, ah, like, <laughs> girl. <laughs> he was just in it. I think he was excited to play the role and like, yeah, yeah props to you, mama. Like, go for <laughs> it. <laughs> but I did notice that. Um, let's move into what a swing is. So like yes. I said, um, a swing is not in the show, um, but a swing yes. is learning multiple parts of the show and can be called in at any given notice um there's a there's a um uh preparation in mm-hmm. being a swing um and so i know on broadway they like to dip in like an ensemble member can also be like ensemble slash swing right yeah um and usually that's when people call out my biggest um, notable thing for swings is uh, the Broadway production of Sweeney Todd just had a round of COVID um, go through it. Luckily, Josh uh, Groban and Emily Ashford were not a part of it. 
um, but like all the secondary characters um, were. So Gaten was out. Um, the guy that plays Anthony was out. The guy that plays um, what's the guy uh, Pirelli? All of them were out, and so they had two ensemble members swing as those roles, and then they had uh, people that aren't in the show swing in as ensemble members. So you have these people come in and they're playing these specifically, I want to call out, I know one of them is Dwayne Cooper. I don't know the other guy's name, um, but these two ensemble members um, were playing three ensemble tracks that night. They were split. It's called a split track where you're literally playing. So one of them was like one ensemble character and then half of another character. And then the other one did the other half of that character. And, and these were the guys that, that they brought in? These are guys that are... they Were in the ensemble. Part, they've been a part of the process in and out of the ensemble, but they're known as a swing. So you're brought on at the beginning of the production as a swing, where it's, I need you to learn these six roles. Mm-hmm. You need to learn these six roles. Some of them are major characters. Some of them are minor characters. And then I guess some of them are, you know, I think in Broadway, you could probably hire, there's enough money coming through that you could hire someone as an ensemble swing. So who says, when we have someone out, we need you to come in and be any ensemble member at any Mm -hmm. given time, right? And Sweeney Todd, there's so many like one-liners from like different ensemble members that I'm sure all the time they're like, okay, we need someone to say this line. We need someone um, to do that. That's crazy that they had to like bring in people out from like, who weren't no, who weren't supposed to perform? They're not a part of the original like ensemble of the show. That's crazy. That's amazing. Yeah, that they did that. So this this quote right here um, says, um, "In most cases, a swing will step into a member of the ensemble's role when the person has stepped into more principal role that they understudied." So if you're mm-hmm. an ensemble member understudying a lead role, and then you have to play that lead role, a swing will come in and be that and ensemble play your part. ensemble track. Right. Yeah, which is really cool. I just right? remember like uh, during like Hamilton, or even still, they probably do this. But I remember like when we were in like the big Hamilton like boom, the girls who were in the like swings of Hamilton would always like record themselves and be like, "So I just got the call 15 minutes ago. I'm going on for this yeah. ensemble member." And then they would show them like getting ready for the show in like an insane amount of time, and then going on and doing this entire like track that they you know just know because they've been I, learning it. I think, and maybe, uh, I think I'm speaking for stand uh, for a standby, um, but. Um, I think swings, it's written into your contract that like you're on call from an hour before the show until the show is finished. Yeah. Which is unheard of to me. Yeah. Where it's like you you could go, and I think I saw thought I saw some clips of swings that just like come to the theater and just like sit in the back and just like hang out. And you get paid for being there, but like well, or also like they'll do an opening number and then someone will just have to like leave. Yeah. And so then like middle Walder of the show, yeah. they're like going in and I'm like, this is so nuts. But like, that is why they're there. That is what they're ready for. Like, I think in the same Hamilton uh, lore, um, I think I remember seeing a video of one of the ladies, not the original lady, but one of the ladies that played the bullet rolled her ankle and so then one of those swings was like all right i'm playing the bullet starting in the next number but because she just left (laughs) she just rolled her ankle on stage she was able to get out and now i'm going in and playing that and sometimes it's seamless without them announcing like 
hey, we're going to stop the show and say, hey, this person. No, they'll just put that person in and say, go for it. Have fun. But sometimes they do have to make an announcement and they'll right. like literally stop and be like, the re for the rest of this performance, this person will be playing blah, blah, blah. And then the audience is just like, okay, cool. <laughs> it's kind you of just have like You have like a, most of the time there's like zero hiccups, but like sometimes there might be like a one or two minute pause and then, you know, you're right yeah, back like, in let's it. Go. But that's, Which as, yeah, as normal theater goers, we're just like, you know, as, as not normal theater goers, as theater professionals, there's a part of me that when something like that happens, or even an understudy, like when I went like, and saw <laughs> Andrew like, and I saw that I wasn't seeing Lorna Courtney, I was like, not, not in like an egotistical way, but I was like, all right, bitch, this is your moment. Come on stage. <laughs> let's go. I want to see it. Like, yeah, like, um, as we're talking swings and understudies, it would be remiss for us to not talk about the patron saint of understudies from this last uh, Broadway season. And that is the one and only Julie Banco from Funny Girl. So Julie Banco was the understudy. You of can't see, but Beanie. I am like shaking my finger. Yeah. Like, so she and... originally understudied Miss Beanie and would go on with for Beanie Feldstein and then was uh 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 not abstained when you retained was retained when beanie got dropped and leah came in julie filled the gap she, in she filled the gap Beanie left <laughs> and when leah came in and then still understudied for leah and i think more than anybody else because everyone was following this beanie leah drama yeah. julie Bel benko was the unsung hero of this time because everyone was like hell yeah girl you said no, and a lot of people wanted to see Julie and not yeah. one of the other two. Yeah. I heard she was phenomenal. I heard she was great. And now, because of all of her success and like, you know, all of the praises that were sung about her, she's now in um, I think Harmony, which is, is that opening a up on Center. Yeah. It was at Lincoln um, City Center, wasn't it? And now it's going to Broadway. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's like her and Sierra Bogus. And I'm I like, okay, girl, like Legends. get your yeah get your moment like that's so amazing that like yeah she she was able to you know have all this success as an understudy and then as the leading lady in lieu of you know transition time and then still went back and performed flawlessly as an understudy yeah. and then now is able to book as herself which, which is, is, is pretty amazing yeah yeah um cool. let's take a break and when we come back we'll talk a little bit about standbys and then we'll talk about um, putting some respect on an understudy's name um, and also the mentality you have to have when you're an understudy and and going through all of that and uh, and just recognizing the understudies for what they are when we come back some respect on her name some respect on her name <laughs> um, she is out back. here working <laughs> well, oh uh, oh my gosh you know what you know what a swing is and this, you're gonna laugh at this quote it is i just thought of it and it's funny to me um uh a swing backstage is um, when Silky Nutmeg Ganache was in Untucked, and she goes, "If I had to lip sync for my mother, for my life, life, I was ready to, I was do, ready to do so." Facts. That's a swing backstage. Facts. If I was a swing, I would record myself backstage <laughs> doing that. 
you're uh, getting into your next you're getting into your costume if i could lip sync for my life <laughs> they are yeah, ready they're always they ready are. um so yeah. we're back talking about understudy standbys and swings the unsung heroes of everyday um theatrical performance yeah so we've we, broken um, down in both of the shows that we just saw the dcpa we saw understudies we saw the yes. understudy in um jagged little pill you for, this is only you for the sun oh yeah sorry i was but, yeah but i didn't get to see Derek clinton's brother Kenna? yeah i did not get <laughs> to see Derek clinton's brother i don't know what name what is his first name say it i don't know i called him mr clinton because i knew it was his brother but i didn't no, so I didn't see him. I saw his understudy and I thought he was phenomenal. And then when I saw Beetlejuice, I saw Lydia's understudy as well. And I thought she was incredible. Um, and I literally I was just like, wow, these people are but we talked so about amazing, so talented. You, you thought that she was really strong and I didn't think the actual Lydia was strong. Um, yeah, but when I saw was amazing. Juliet, I saw Lorna Courtney's understudy was disappointed because Lorna Courtney was the whole advertisement for Anne Juliet and was yeah. still blown away by it because it was incredible. Yeah. 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 It was awesome. Amazing um, icons. So we've broken down understudy. We've broken down swing. You said standby is the one that you're like, I'm not a hundred percent sure what this is. Like I said, all I know about it is that in Frozen, Aisha Jackson was the honest standby. Which is and that's that's literally the only not did I actually know what that meant for her? No. <laughs> so an understudy is you are in the ensemble and then you go on you you are okay. learning another track. A swing is you are there to play multiple tracks. A mm -hmm. standby is you come every single night to every single performance with the intention that you are only going to play this one big role in the case of an emergency. So the formal definition is a standby is similar to a swing in that they rarely perform, but standbys are, uh, are granted only the heftiest roles in theater and are there to do exactly that. Standby in the event that the actor is unable to perform. Big standbys include Idina Menzel's standby and If Then, and both witches in Wicked will always have a standby. So it's anybody that is in the show for a significant amount, right? Like mm -hmm. it is their show, right? Wicked is a great one. Frozen is a great example. When you have someone who is in the show 80 to 85% of the time, and if that person can't play, then you have someone coming in and saying, hey, this is how it's going. So uh, for um, learning purposes... A understudy is a person who's in the show in another capacity and they go on for another role, right? They're, yes. they're, they're learning, they have a normal track and then they have their understudy track. Yes. Okay. A swing is a person who doesn't perform every night. They are there and they swing on for ensemble roles in probably the event that under uh, ensemble members that are understudies are going on in their understudy track. Yes, right? absolutely. And then a standby is a person who is just there for one specific role. They do not have an ensemble track. They do yeah. not have a swing track. They are only in the show if this person is out. Absolutely. And their understudy is like, so when do you, you use the standby and not the understudy? So that's my question is, are we using those terms 
like synonymous when they're really not. Because in retrospect, when I think Julie Banco was, if she was not on stage as an as a uh, ensemble character mm-hmm. on the nights that she was not um, Miss, what's her name? What is it? Fanny? Fanny Price? Is that the character's yeah. name? Fanny Price. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, if she was not playing an ensemble role every other night when Beanie or uh, Leah were there, then she is not an understudy. She was the Fanny Bryce standby. Standby. Right. So maybe we just think when we say understudy, we think of it synonymously, but when it gets down to like technical terms, like if you are just there, and I think this happens when standbys are probably mostly a Broadway thing when there's a little bit more money, and you mm-hmm. can pay someone to learn a role and then just stand by, right? Mm-hmm. That's like the big deal in it. I don't think you see that happening a lot in a lot of local theater or a lot of community theater. I mm-hmm. think it's different. Yes. Um, I would say that's a safe assumption to make. Yeah. Um, I have some tips on being a swing understudy and standby. Courtesy of Backstage.com. If you've never checked out Backstage.com, they got some inside tea. They've got some uh, facts about the Broadway realm and history. This is unsponsored, but I do want to say, shout out. If you had to be one of the three, what would you want to be? I think standby. In the, okay. So, okay, I've got a couple different thoughts. So standby <laughs> because you you be feeling some type of way. You say, oh, mama, they brought me on just for this role. I'm going to sit backstage. I'm going to eat my cookie. <laughs> I'm going to drink my juice <laughs> for when they need me for this lead role, right? Okay. But also yeah. a swing is like, oh, mama, I can play. When it's that moment in Drag Race when they look at Gigi Good and they go, so what is your, what are you good at? And she goes, name something. Name something. <laughs> That's a swing is you say, give me a role tonight. What role do you want me to play tonight? I can play them all. <laughs> give me a role, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, an understudy is fine, but I feel like an understudy is just like a, all right, I'm going to play my normal role. But like, if I need to, I can jump in. They're kind of like the really, like, I feel like they're the humble one where they're like, yes. yeah, I'm playing this other role. But like, if you need me to, I can play that role versus swings yeah. and standbys. Just be it, mama. Yeah. Yeah. I Who think I'd want to be a swing. I think yeah. I'd want to be a swing. I think I would have so much fun just being like the like excitement of being it's like, like who am I going on dice? for tonight? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Who am I going to be tonight? I don't know. Sounds like fun. Um, it's so funny that you bring it up because here in my tips on being a swing understudy or standby, the first um, bullet point is the most talented performers often get cast as swings. So if you get cast yeah, as a again, swing, name something that is that is yeah. a that is a nod to your talent, baby. It says they can do everything and you can trust them. So you give them a huge amount of responsibility. Don't be disappointed if that's how you're cast. It means we really like you and you will go on a lot. Yeah. Name something. Yeah. I love it. Um, this says, if you're starting out in the business, don't let your ego stand in the way of accepting an understudy position. Swinging and understudies are amazing ways of getting your foot in the door and forming relationships. Um, I'm watching Julie Smash Banco. right now. Oh, Julie Banco is exactly that. That is exactly that. But you're also, watching Smash I'm right watching now. Fat Smash for the first time. Um, you're watching I, Fat Smash? That's what it sounded Smash. like you just said. <laughs> I'm watching. So here's the deal. Even though Parrish will probably listen to this, I'm never going to give Parrish the satisfaction of me being like, it's a pretty great show. 
because he's yelled at us to watch it. But that being said, it's a really good show. Um, and I'm watching it with my fiance, Ethan, who every now and then will turn and be like, that person just said something really mean. Is that like how it is in the industry? And I'm like, yes, yes, that is how it's done. Like they really said, you're the understudy, right? But that ego is a big deal of like, if you're starting out in the business or you're like trying to grow as fast as possible and you book an understudy role for something pretty huge, recognize that the the casting, us being in casting, we're like that person can absolutely 100% without a doubt play that role. Um, mm-hmm. And it just so happened that they they didn't beat out this person, but we still think that they are able to shine in that role. And so give yeah. it all your go, like give it all your go. Give it a go. <laughs> go for it, girl. This says always be prepared. Standbys can go on through an intermission as well as halfway through an act. Um, yeah. Be I ready. want to look up. What, like famous um, understudies? Yeah. There have famous. been some. Like... And I think the like success stories of understudies of like you understudy and then you get like, again, like they said, you build the relationships, you, um, you know, start to see that you are that person that has that star power. And like, there's a, I think a lot of people who've successfully like started out as understudies been really successful in that area and then gotten more opportunities because of that. Same with swings. Yes. I have some really famous ones that I'm ready for you to get your reactions on. Okay. All right. For Thoroughly Modern Millie, the original understudy, cast before it went to Broadway, the original understudy for Millie was Sutton Foster. Kristen Chenoweth yes. was hired as Millie and turned it down for a sitcom. And so then they yes. gave it to Sutton. But if Sutton wouldn't have accepted the... Uh, understudy she wouldn't have then went on to win a tony for her performance as millie dillmount in thoroughly modern millie yeah i do know that story actually um another notable understudy for the role of rose in gypsy who then came went on to kill it bernadette peters she was the understudy understudy to start out yeah of who um Susie Martin. Again, never heard of her. <laughs> um, I need to trigger warning everyone. Just trigger warning. Matthew Morrison. <laughs> um, in Footloose for Ren. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. James well, Carpinello yeah, played Ren for a while. Yeah. Yeah, and he's the guy on the recording. Yeah. But I don't think he did a whole lot after that. But like who was booked and blessed and busy after that? Maddie. Matt. Um, other big one, Patina Miller in Sister Act. I rarely oh my think God. of anyone else besides Patina. And then she went on to be in the revival of Pippin as the leading player and absolutely boots and cats and boots and cats. Yeah. Oh girl, my <laughs> I just felt my whole body quiver when I read this man's name. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Um, Cheyenne Jackson, first off, yeah. Cheyenne Jackson, local hottie, was an understudy on Broadway, both in Thoroughly Modern Millie and okay. in Aida to um, Adam Pascal. Oh my God. Okay. 
Um, and then and then he booked. He was what like in Xanadu and Xanadu uh, was his big. There's like thing. a couple of other things that he did after that. Um, all shook up. Cheyenne Jackson was the original Chad in All Shook Up. Really? Daddy. <laughs> okay, that makes so much sense, honestly. <laughs> yeah, he won a 2005 Theater World Award for his performance as Chad, which is like, <laughs> what is a Theater World Award? I don't want to de- delineate, like, I don't want to... Re- an award is an award, mama. <laughs> but I'm just saying, what is that? Um... Final thoughts on being an understudy, a swing, um, in your professional point of view, as someone who is on the director's side, um, if you were to cast someone. We don't see it a lot in educational theater. Um, Again, like you said at the beginning, where we only have one weekend or so. um, And Mm -hmm. so to put a lot of work on someone um, to not reap a benefit seems kind of like effed up, especially at a young age. But Mm -hmm. without understudies, we could not do what we do. What are your thoughts and feelings on the understudies of the world? Um, well, like you were just saying, when it comes to like educational theater, I think that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. Um, and if there, you know, you don't have understudies and something were to happen, theater people always step up. Bottom exactly. bottom line, theater people Everyone's always step up. Yeah. Like you, if you didn't have understudies, you would find a way to still do the show. The cast exactly. would find a way to still do the show. Like yes. they're they people will step up and people will you know excel like i said i we saw six people we saw six understudies in the show this past weekend and i thought all of them were fantastic i was you know i i didn't know until intermission when we were doing the like little deep dive in the program that certain people weren't even on the stage right um it it was not a thought because I was so much enjoying what I was seeing. Yeah. And I only knew of a couple of people who were the understudies and then come to find out that there were more without any, you know, any real differences in the show. I would say- Which isn't that the goal? The same, That's the goal. We saw the same show that the people two weekends ago saw. Exactly. It just was, there were a few different people in different roles, but the overall caliber and level of the performance, same, exactly. same show same exactly. show um yes. so i i don't know i just i have so much admiration and appreciation for the people who are understudies and swings and standby um i think it's it's a, a very important job and i feel like it has a weird negative connotation for whatever reason um but like you said uh from that article people should really be you know, uh, take it as a compliment if they get cast as an understudy. That means that like, they know that you're reliable enough to be an awesome standout ensemble member, but also they know you're going to rise to the occasion when you need to as an understudy. That's a huge, a huge nod to you. Um, and you know, when you put in the time and the work there, oftentimes you're going to get rewarded. Um, you know, I know a friend of mine who started as one ensemble member um, in a show. And then when they went on the second leg of the tour, she got to go in as the understudy exactly. role that she had been yeah. and got to do the rest of that second leg of the tour in this bigger role because she had proven herself as an understudy before oh, yeah. that. And director said, we already know you know it. And two, when you had to stand in as that character, you were great. So we don't want to have to hire someone else. Now's the time. This girl is not playing this role anymore. Get in and do it. And I think actually she played that role 
longer than she played her ensemble role. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Which is Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. I think there's, we need to change that narrative. We need to change that rhetoric. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily the rhetoric in the theater community, or if that is just the perception of those outside of it, where like some people are like, Oh, we're seeing the understudy. And it's like, no, you're seeing the understudy. Like, that person has proven themselves. Yeah. They're going to be just as good if not better than the person that you're going to see. I mean, like you said, I know that there's maybe some disappointment when you're like going to see a show for someone, right? Like if I was going to see a show and I thought Jeremy Jordan was going to be on and I see his understudy, would I be a little bit heartbroken? Absolutely. Would I get over it? Yes. Yes. Right? Would you still enjoy it? Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know. Shout out to all the people who are understudies, swings, standbys, like- they are the heroes. They are the ooh ah sensation. They are the moment. Like they're out there doing the damn thing every single night. And regardless of whatever role they're in, they're killing it. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, well, hey. if it makes sense for you, do understudies, do swings. Um, but if it doesn't make sense for you, you know, go support them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey. Um, we want to thank you for uh, joining us for this week's episode of Theater Thoughts. If you yes. liked it, make sure that you like, follow, subscribe, rate, and review our podcast wherever your pretty little ears are listening to our sweet, sweet tones of our voices. All right? That is how we succeed. That is how we keep it going. That's how we keep doing what we're doing. Um, and also if you want to rate in, tell us about your experience as an understudy, a swing or a standby, or when you saw someone incredible at, who was an understudy for a specific performance and you want to shout them out, you should DM us at our podcast, Instagram at theater podcast, T H E A T R E podcast. The thing, not the place. And let or you us can also know. reach us on our Gmail at theater thoughts, podcast at gmail.com. Write us in. Let us know. Let the children know. We want to hear from you. Um, Hey, we're starting to enter the tail end of season two. Believe it or not. I cannot believe. Um, And so if you're interested in hearing about something before we go on our sweet little holiday hiatus, um, you only got a few more episodes before. So make sure you let us know what you want to hear. And as always... You can hear us in just a couple weeks for yet another swinging. Oh my God, you stole the word right out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Swinging, exciting. Exhilarating. And adrenaline. Episode of Theater Goodbye. Go support your love. Bye. Trip, trip, we gon' get it chop, chop. Yeah, yeah. When I say go, you don't stop, 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 stop. You belong in a life, ain't spot. I right from the top, let it pipe down. Nah, nah, nah. Everybody to the right, if you thought. That's what I thought. You would thought, thought, thought. I could.